The following podcast is a Sempronto Media production. She's a business mogul. Number one. And wellness expert. How can I help? And now Chantel Ray and her amazing guests are here to guide you on your wellness journey. Time to level up. Welcome to the Waste Away Podcast. Hey guys, I'm on my way home from being on national TV talking about intermittent fasting and I'm answering the question, does intermittent fasting help you lose weight? Maybe you guys have tried intermittent fasting and lost some weight, but now you might just be stuck in a rut where you're not losing as much as you want. Well, I've interviewed over a thousand thin eaters and I've learned that intermittent fasting is just one of the tools they use, but there's so many more. There's nine other principles that they use to stay thin. To get out of your rut, click here to watch this free video. Hey guys, I want to welcome you to a very special episode. We have Cynthia Thurlow on and our title today is How to Protect Yourself and Your Family from COVID-19. So welcome, Cynthia. Tell listeners a little bit about yourself before we get started. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. So I am a nurse practitioner and my background is in ER medicine and cardiology, but the last few years I've been kind of in the entrepreneurial space and have kind of positioned myself as a really as a nutrition and intermittent fasting expert. And I was really excited to come on today and help, you know, help your listeners figure out some strategies for supporting your bodies in a very healthy way uh, and try to navigate this new normal that we're all kind of experiencing. I know um, my own house, we were talking about this before we jumped on, uh, with two middle school boys and a husband who also works from home and two dogs that has really been a lot of togetherness and uh, trying to keep everyone healthy and sane at the same time. All right. So let's dive right in. What are your top tips of how to keep from getting COVID-19? No, oh, I would say first and foremost, it's really critical to do social distancing. I know uh, I walk through the neighborhood every day, which is completely fine to do with one of my, at least one or two of my dogs. And I still see a lot of teens and young adults kind of congregating. So the social distancing piece, although I know it's a terrible inconvenience, is really designed to protect all of us from transmissibility of the virus. And so what I encourage people to do is to really stick to the strategies of, you know, only leaving your house for things that you really need to do, you know, seeking medical care if you have a doctor's appointment or something urgent that you need to have evaluated or obviously an emergency. And, you know, really being diligent about when you're leaving the house to go grocery shopping. You know, a lot of grocery stores where I am in Northern Virginia are specifying times for people over the age of 60. So you want to be respectful of that. They are the ones that are most susceptible to complications uh, from COVID-19. But also, you know, really being cognizant of where you are in a grocery store. I've gotten very purposeful and very deliberate. I try to order all of my pantry items online so that I'm not spending a lot of time in the grocery store searching, going up and down the aisles. I try to be very deliberate about um, menu planning, which is something I'm probably not as good with as many other people are uh, for multiple reasons. But so that when I know that I need something, it goes on a list. We've got a whole system. I have teenage boys and they eat us out of house and home. So really being deliberate when you go to the grocery store, knowing exactly what you need, not standing too close to people, really keeping that six foot or uh, larger radius and just being careful when you're checking out. I know my local Whole Foods, the people there are wonderful, but the checkout lines are very close together. And so I have had to kind of position myself. Sometimes I go around the counter to do my payment 
as opposed to being right back up next to someone that's on the opposite uh, cash register. So I would say those things are critical, you know, social distancing. I think it's really important that you're getting plenty of sleep. Uh, I would be the first to admit that I'm really good on a normal basis of getting seven to eight hours a night of sleep, but let yourself sleep in without an alarm clock. Now is the time to really maximize sleeping in. And by this, I don't mean sleeping away your day, but sleeping in, letting your body wake up naturally, you know, waking up to sunlight or however is your preferred method. Sometimes it's a dog jumping on top of me or a kid jumping on me uh, or jumping on the bed. I would say sleep is really critical, you know, managing stress as best as you can. And I know that that's different for everyone. Um, in our house, we're a very active household. So obviously not being able to go to football or CrossFit or some of the other sports, my kids are competitive swimmers, has been a big adjustment, not being able to get to the gym for my husband and I. So we kind of cultivated a, a home gym and then just remaining as active as possible. You'll sleep better, helps reduce your stress, and then finding other ways to decompress because whether you're an introvert or an extrovert, all of us have, we all need a little bit of alone time. And sometimes that can be challenging even in a household. So whether it's reading a good book, whether it's meditating or doing gratitude journaling, you know, just connecting or praying, you know, right now, um, our local parish, I'm Roman Catholic, is actually offering services online. So you can actually see what's going on. It's also Easter. So a really kind of holy time in our, our community, but, you know, finding ways to connect with others, you know, the really cool thing about technology, just like zoom, like how we're recording is that you can still connect with your loved ones. I would suggest if you're feeling really socially isolated, getting on with girlfriends or friends, connecting with your family members, maybe like my parents can't see us right now because um, they're obviously older than 60. So making sure the grandkids are getting on with the grandparents and staying as socially connected is really important. I would also say that the nutrition piece is critical. And by this, it's very, very common when we get stressed, we kind of gravitate towards certain foods, um, whether it's you know salty carbs, sugary carbs, those kinds of things. And, and there's a place for having fun food. I'm, I'm not telling anyone not to enjoy some popcorn or uh, a little bit of ice cream, but the point is, is that we wanna make sure that the foods that we're eating are actually going to providing the most benefit. So really healthy, nutrient dense, um, whole foods, you know, when I'm talking about protein, like grass fed beef, whatever your budget really allows you to do wild caught fish, um, chicken and bison and things like that, but also incorporating some healthy fats. And then when you're, when you're incorporating, uh, incorporating carbohydrates into your diet, I would suggest things like root vegetables or sweet potatoes, or even a baked potato over, um, you know, rice and pasta. I know my kids in particular can, you know, wolf down an entire pound of pasta, like it's nothing, uh, but it just doesn't fill you up. And, and for teenagers and people who are growing, probably not as much of an issue, but for those of us that are adults, I would recommend, you know, getting your carbs from the things that I've mentioned, but also low glycemic berries. You know, we stocked up on a lot of frozen organic berries um, mm. because we knew that we would want those things, but they're really hard to keep fresh in the refrigerator because they spoil really fast because they're organic. Um, but really just being mindful about the way you're eating and, and trying to determine like, am I bored? Is that why I'm craving something? Or would I be better served by going for a walk? Or do I just need to indulge a small amount of dark chocolate? or something, not so that you're feeling deprived, but don't derail all the hard work that you're doing throughout the year. And we know that you know a lot of sugary foods can impact immunity in a negative way. So when you're planning your menus, when you're 
looking at the foods that you're going to be incorporating into your life. I always say lots of color, so brightly pigmented foods. Um, there's a lot of phytonutrients, which is a fancy way of saying there are chemicals in, you know, bright red peppers, lots of vitamin C, um, eggplants. I mean, just brightly pigmented foods are going to give your body lots of nutrients that are going to be very supportive. And I always get asked what specifically do we want to be ensuring we're getting enough of. And I always say vitamin C rich foods. So looking at, you know, citrus fruits are great, great, easy, lower glycemic index, lower sugar fruit option, whether it's lemons or limes or clementines, like clementines this time of the year are amazing. And we are going through a lot of them um, because they're so sweet and so satiating, but also thinking about things that are vitamin D rich, meaning getting out in sunlight is going to be helpful for immunity. Um, you know, those fatty fishes, it doesn't necessarily have to be fresh tuna. You can do polecat tuna. Uh, you can do sardines. I have a really great sardine recipe if anyone's interested. You know, vitamin D rich foods, like some of the seeds and nuts as well. But just really thinking deliberately about, it doesn't have to be that you are sitting down and, and obsessing over this, but just making sure that you're getting some of these foods, vitamin C, vitamin D, zinc. Um, zinc is found in shellfish. Um, lots and lots of options that can be helpful. And one of the things that I've been hearing as a kind of anecdotal bit of evidence about COVID-19 is that some people, when they first develop or are exposed to COVID-19, one of the first signs can be a loss of sense of smell, which can be mm. correlated with zinc. I've heard that. Yeah. Um, and so definitely want to be you know, just mindful. Of course, everyone automatically asks me what supplement should I be taking? It's really hard right now. Maybe not vitamin D, but finding vitamin C powders, finding zinc can be very challenging. I was telling someone the other day that uh, an order I placed with a pharmaceutical company, I'm still waiting and I'm a healthcare provider. I'm still waiting two weeks later. So it gives you some sense that people are really you know, wanting to include some supplements into their diet. And if you can find them, that's great. But for most of us, we're really constrained also by the social distancing, but also places like Amazon are just, they're, they're sending out the most important things that people are ordering and holding back on a lot of other stuff. So, you know, orders are taking way longer than anticipated, but that's a good start. I would say those are the things I would focus on first. And then the other things you can tweak, but um, I would also say, you know, if you have to go out of the house, this is what I've been doing. You know, I would not recommend that anyone wear a surgical mask or an N95, leave those for the healthcare providers, please. Um, most of our healthcare providers don't have enough equipment right now and they're on the front line. But what you can do is you can still cover your face. Like my, my son and I had to go out for an orthopedic appointment on Monday, uh, which was pushing every one of my buttons because I didn't want to do it, but he had jammed his finger and we needed it to be looked at because I didn't want to take him to the ER. And we just covered our faces with bandanas. And we know that that can even be beneficial. Still keeping that six foot right, you know, distance from other people, but keeping your face covered if you're out in public, if you need to go out in public, is not unreasonable. And actually, I believe the CDC is going to be updating their recommendations. But again, surgical masks and N95s, please, please, please donate those to, those to your local hospital. We want our healthcare providers protected. They're the ones on the front line. They need to be protected most of all. I'll put my favorite vitamin C powder mm -hmm. that I use in the show notes, but tell us the zinc that I love is completely mm -hmm. out. I can't get the zinc that I want. Mm -hmm. What is your favorite vitamin C and what's your favorite uh, zinc that you love? Yeah. So, you know, for vitamin C, like as an overall one, I like liposomal vitamin C. It's a little more bioavailable, meaning our body can more readily take it up. And so Quicksilver makes a great product. You have to keep it, uh, 
refrigerated. But right now I'm using biotics mixed ascorbate. So you get a lot of different um, variations of bioflavonoids and vitamin C. Uh, and I'm taking that along with another product that unfortunately I'm trying to get, to get carried, but I'm, I'm still struggling with the manufacturer to do that. But we want to keep our, our histamine levels low. So vitamin C can be really integral in that. Um, in terms of looking at zinc, um, zinc glycinate is one that I typically am using not really specific to any one manufacturer. I use quite a bit of zinc carnosine, which is different, mostly for gut health. And I do have preferences there, but I would say the other one that can be really beneficial is vitamin D. Most of us are, are vitamin D deficient and that is involved in immunity, also in um, you know, blood sugar regulation. So that particular brand, I have a couple, but I've been using a lot of orthomoleculars products, really nice quality but most of us are deficient. So you really have to know what your levels are. We really want them above 50, closer to 75 would be great. But most of us are hovering, if you look at statistical data, most people are hovering in the 20s or, and 30s, and that really opens up your susceptibility to uh, getting, not only just getting a, a common cold, but obviously would impact your immunity for COVID because it really is so highly infectious, far more infectious than I think most of us initially realize, which is why it's kind of spreading like wildfire. Let's let's talk a little bit about all the different types of zinc. I don't think people realize that there are different types of zinc, right? Like there's zinc gluconate, there's citrate, there's orotate, there's sulfate. So talk about what are your top three favorite ones again, and what is the best for keeping your immune system high? Um, well, I would say first and foremost, I always say whole food sources so you know eating the zinc rich foods and I can certainly um, you know give you some additional examples but I would say zinc carnosine is the one I use the most because I'm usually working with digestive health and that can be incredibly soothing and can also be a precursor to hydrochloric acid and hydrochloric acid is something that's secreted in our stomach to help break down protein but as we get older as we get closer to 40 uh, we produce less hydrochloric acid, so it can be hugely beneficial for supporting the body in that way. Zinc glycinate is generally the one I think about when I'm thinking about immune support. Uh, and oftentimes I'm using products that have zinc in addition to other minerals in them because I, I find if I can find one product that has multiple minerals in it and it's one, you know, one product as opposed to four or five, that oftentimes will get better buy-in from my perspective. I don't use a lot of the other zinc products, largely again, because I'm using combination products and I'm really encouraging people to use the whole food sources. Now, for those of us that can get fresh seafood, um, you know, I, when I always think of, of, of zinc sources, I'm always thinking about shellfish in particular. So if you're able to get access to mussels and um, oysters and things like that, that is probably one of the best ways. Um, and then, you know, looking at, you know, grass-fed beef, Mm -hmm. um, you know, organ meats. I mean, those things oftentimes are really great sources. Pumpkin seeds, uh, pumpkin seeds that are salted are really delicious. If that's something that appeals to you, uh, it's also a healthy fat. So there's a lot of really good benefits. I'd love to hear what zinc that you're currently taking. It sounds like you're pretty zinc knowledgeable as well. Yeah. Um, well, and again, I like to try to eat my zinc mm -hmm. as much as I can, cause that is the best. And I, I think eggs are pretty high mm -hmm. in zinc. 
Um, some dairy is, which I'm not eating any dairy right now, um, but some dairy is really high. And yeah, like pine nuts, peanuts, cashews, mm. almonds are really good. But I would say num when I feel the best is when I'm having meat because meat mm. is really an excellent source of zinc mm. and shellfish like um, uh, is really high. I mean, if you take uh, an Alaskan crab, I think that it has like I can't remember exactly, but it has like seven points something milligrams, mm -hmm. you know, per hundred grams. So it's like, that's pretty good. And then shrimp, you know, I think shrimp is really good. So I like that. And even some beans. So mm -hmm. chickpeas, lentils, um, they have a really good amount of zinc. Um, but the kind that I love is the kind that is you, it actually, it dissolves in your mouth. Mm -hmm. And so you literally just take it and it dissolves. And off the top of my head, I can't, I'm, you know, now like, that you asked me, like, like, I know, I know that brand right off the top of my head, but mm -hmm. for some reason I'm, it'll help me, hit me in like a minute, yeah. but it just literally, it, and it tastes really good. You just take it, it dissolves right in your mouth and it tastes great. Hmm. I wonder if it's I'll remember, I'll remember it in just probably a couple minutes. Yeah. It's interesting. When I was in my nutrition training, one of the tests that we did on one another was with a aqueous. So it's water. It's like a, a liquid zinc. And you could tell if you were zinc deficient, depending on how it felt on your tongue, if it felt fuzzy or if it was really bitter or if you had no reaction whatsoever. But I, I think many people just don't realize how important zinc is for the body. Um, really, really critical. And uh, certainly something, and given the pandemic that we're in, uh, certainly something people want to be thinking about not having to be paranoid, excuse me, or running out to get a supplement, but just making sure you're incorporating those foods into your diet. The one caveat I would say is that mycotoxins, so things like corn and uh, peanuts uh, can be problematic for mold. And so I, I like to remind people that um, in this kind of uh, pandemic culture that we're in right now, we really want to be cognizant of avoiding moldy foods. And so the, the two that I think of that are most prone to mold that are in a lot of foods are peanuts, which I know are delicious. I'm going to get hate mail for that. Uh, but also corn, which seems to be at the basis of nearly any chip that's out there. Um, in my house, chips are definitely healthier versions of chips are definitely uh, a high commodity item right now, but we're really trying to steer away from as much corn and peanuts as possible, largely because of the mycotoxins. Again, the mold issues, we really want to be cognizant of them and avoid them as much as possible. Hey guys, one of the things that will take your weight loss to the next level is coaching. You can either work one-on-one -on -one with me or one of our certified private coaches. If you'd like, you can schedule your free call. It's a 10-minute strategy call just to see if coaching is going to really take you to the next level. The other thing is listening to the audiobook. Listening to the audiobook and getting the video course that I've done, people are seeing dramatic results. If you just listen to the audiobook 30 minutes a day over and over and over again and get the video course, go to ChantelRayway.com and check out the video course. You won't be sorry you did. I want to tell you about a great product that you absolutely cannot live without, and it's called Digest Aid. When you're stressed, you might not be able to produce as much stomach acid. And if you're eating a little more right now and you're stressed, you need help to digest your food. My Digest Aid that I created has enzymes that are capable of doing just that. 
It has both betaine HCL, not just HCL, but an enzyme pepsin that helps your body digest your food, which is really unique. And right now, all of our products are 30% off. Go to ChantelRayWay.com, click on store and get yours for 30% off. Just use the promo code podcast. I know, I know what it is now. It, they're called Life Extension is the oh, brand. Interesting. And they're enhanced zinc lozenges. Okay. And they are $9. Like they are not, they're not exactly. expensive. Yeah. And they're, they're peppermint flavored. And so even my son loves them. And oh. so he'll just, we'll take them and kind of freshens your breath at the same time. So let's talk about creative ways. I, it's funny because- I had two Peloton bikes probably about six months ago. I decided to sell them because I was like, I'm not using these. (laughs) And so I decided, it's funny because me and my girlfriend, we decided we hired this, a friend of ours that's a personal trainer. We went outside, we stayed six feet apart. He stayed six feet apart. Mm -hmm. We were outside, you know, obviously you can take some walks, but what are some other things that creative things that people could do to get their exercise where they're still in community with other people, Mm -hmm. but they're not, you know, at risk? Well, I think it's, I think it's challenging right now, uh, honestly, unless you're doing something outside and being really cognizant of the space issues, uh, you know, we've gotten creative at my home. Um, and obviously as a family, we can all be in close contact with one another, but things like TRX bands, you know, if you've got TRX bands, those are, you know, body weight bands that are really incredibly challenging, far more challenging than people think they might be. Um, you know, we've got kettlebells and plates and, um, you know, medicine balls. And, you know, there was a, there's a really interesting, um, and I just bought it when I bought the TRX bands, cause I could see the writing on the wall that the gym was not going to be something that we could be necessarily doing indefinitely given what was starting to happen here in the United States. And so I got online and there was actually a group of cards. And so it's all about body weight exercises. So things you can do without equipment that can, can actually, you know, give you a really good workout. And so you, there's probably like 60 cards and it's all these different workouts that you can put together. And so my kids have started doing it with me and one day might be legs and one day might be upper body. One day might be core and one day might be a hit session And so I think really the way to not get bored of what you're doing is to have some creativity and change it up. So some days I focus more on strength training. Some days I focus more on HIIT. Um, And then, you know, the other piece that I'm really, really cognizant of is it's very easy if you're in the house to not be doing a lot of walking. And one of the ways that, you know, I intend to not gain the COVID-19 while being stuck in my house is that I endeavor to do anywhere from three to five miles of walking a day. And usually with one of my dogs who loves it. In fact, I think he's never slept so well in his entire life. Uh, but we do a loop in our neighborhood. And sometimes I do it with my kids. Sometimes I do it without them. Sometimes I do it with two dogs. And sometimes I do it with one. Uh, but you could definitely, you know, if you have a friend in the neighborhood that has a pet, you can absolutely, you know, go on a walk. I mean, obviously that six foot span of separation can, you know, be sometimes you're walking in the straight to avoid running into other people, but I think it's all about just being creative and using body weight exercise. I mean, we also have a treadmill, but we don't have any other um, equipment per se. And I I feel like all of us are still getting good workouts. It's all about something that's short, 
uh, and deliver it because HIT or high intensity interval training or Tabata training is designed to be very intense for a short period of time and then you have a short recovery. So it'd be 30, se 30 seconds of intense exercise, 10, minute, 10 seconds of a recovery, and then you repeat it. So you may do you know, 20 minutes of something very intense, but you're getting a whole lot more out of that than if you're just doing sustained cardio. Like how many people get on a bike or get on the treadmill and you know, just bang out the same, you know, the same volume of exercise every time. And our bodies are really smart. So they'll actually adapt and we don't want adaptation. We want our bodies to be challenged. So getting back to your original question, I love the idea that you were able to exercise with a friend. I think realistically for me at this point, um, my exercising is done with, you know, two teenage boys and a very active, healthy spouse and two dogs. Uh, but we can always change it up. And I think the only way to do that safely, if you're trying to exercise with someone else that's not part of your family unit, is to do it outside or where you've got enough space where you can be all be separated so that you're not running the risk of shedding the virus. But I also think it's um, important that we're really not doing it, not doing a ton of that. Um, limiting our exposure to other people as much as we can so that we're not likely to, you know, breathe in that virus. Yes. And you are an expert on fasting. And so talk to us a little bit about how your eating window is. Mm -hmm. Is it exactly the same as it was before COVID-19 came? Did you extend your window? Mm -hmm. And tell us, nurse, how fasting can help keep your immune system still being high? Yeah. So great questions. Uh, and I get asked this a lot. So what am I doing differently? Uh, because I'm not able to be like as on the go as I normally would be, I am actually extending my fast. So I'm, I'm tightening up my feeding window and I'm fasting a little longer. I'm doing about 18 hours a day and then I'm eating within a six hour window and I'm getting, you know, right around noon, I eat my lunch and right around six o'clock I eat my dinner. And I can do that right now because we're not going anywhere. <laughs> you know, we, our, our meals are very planned at this point. Um, and what that's allowing my body to really tap into is I'm going longer with not eating and I don't feel poorly, but I, I just think with the lack of consistent activity that it would otherwise normally be a huge part of my lifestyle, I need to kind of help my body. And, and the way that I'm doing it is it's getting a longer amount of time to digest food. You're tapping into autophagy, which you were alluding to can really be beneficial for immune function because we're getting rid of diseased and disordered cells. And think about it when you're sick, like if you have a cold, generally you don't have much of an appetite and it's your body's way of kind of going on reserve. It's, it's working very hard and very diligently to do a little bit of spring cleaning for the cells that don't belong. And that can even include, you know, cells that you might, you know, a virus that you could have been exposed to. It doesn't necessarily have to be COVID-19. So, you know, from my perspective, when I'm fasting, I'm more attuned to being hungry. So I know when I'm truly hungry and when I'm not. Um, I don't have as many cravings when my, when I, my fasting window is really tight. Um, and I just sleep better. So, you know, for all the things that we've talked about, like sleep is really critical for immune function, eating the right food. So if I'm not craving junk and I'm not eating it, then my body's really able to use the really good quality food that I'm consuming to be able to fight off or ward off an infection if I'm exposed to any, you know, in type of infectious. It doesn't necessarily have to be um, COVID. But I would also say that I'm finding people are more receptive because they're home. They can be more mindful. They can also be more tempted so I just encourage people to, you know, when I'm craving something sweet, I will go for that clementine first before I grab chocolate. And, you know, have I had days where I've eaten more carbs than I normally do? Absolutely. But then I flipped in the next day, maybe I've done one meal a day. 
instead of two. And I don't, I don't advocate uh, one meal a day on a normal basis for most women, but I, I do have male friends that do that very successfully. But I feel like maybe I've gotten off course or maybe I didn't eat the way that I wanted to the day before. I jump into just one meal a day and then I pop back into my normal feeding and fasting window. And I feel like that kind of resets my body enough that I'm kind of like, okay, today I know I don't need as much food because the day before I went a little overboard. So it helps me kind of steer the ship, if you will. A little bit more easily, and I find that that keeps me on track. And and here's the ironic thing: I was talking to a woman this morning who said, "I've been wearing leggings every day since this started." And I told her one thing: I think that's really important. And I'm I'm an advocate of wearing comfortable clothing, especially if you're working. But every couple of days, I will put myself into what I consider to be my tightest pair of jeans to kind of make sure that I'm still being honest with myself. And if I feel like they fit the way they normally do good, then I go back to my normal wearing Lulu every day and feeling completely comfortable doing it. But you know, just have a barometer or some way of kind of checking in with yourself to be honest and say, okay, uh, I didn't do a great job today. I can do a better job tomorrow. And just recognizing that you don't have to, you can set, continue to set yourself up for success, even if you're homebound, like all of us are. Yeah. And the thing is, you know, if people are thinking about doing a longer fast now would be mm -hmm. the time that they really should try to do it because they're not running around. They're in a relaxed state. And I mean, there's study after study, like you said, that mm -hmm. have found that fasting lowers your white blood cell counts, which in turn triggers the immune system mm -hmm. to start producing new white blood cells. And so, you know, they've said that a three day fast could essentially reset the immune system altogether. Well, and so, go ahead. Oh, sorry. No, I was going to say, so I am always an advocate of people if they want to do a two or three day fast. I think that's a great idea. What I'm finding though, is there's a lot of a lack of consensus between healthcare providers about doing prolonged fasts in this pandemic, that mm -hmm. doing a 24 hour fast or less is, is good right now. But doing a longer one, I'm not sure it necessarily um, is beneficial. And I say that with great re respect because I was tweeting something a few weeks ago and someone presented some uh, research from David, uh, Dr. Dr. Atia, who's one of mm -hmm. the intermittent fasting yeah. guys. And, you know, I listened to the video and I actually said, you know, it's all speculative. I mean, of course, we don't know definitively, but I was like, you know, probably right now, I think, a, you know, if you want to do a 24 hour fast, I would say absolutely fine. If you want to do a longer fast, we don't know right now what impact it has on you know, prevention of COVID. And so that was the, the concern, like the distinction. Under normal circumstances, I love a two to three day fast. Given what I'm starting to see, there's a lack of consensus. So I think a lot of people are just trying to figure out what's the best recommendation at this point in time. I think you know, extending your, your feed, your fasting by an hour or two is a great strategy. Maybe doing one meal a day on occasion, maybe doing a 24 hour fast. I'm not sure the research, well, and it could be an N of 20, but I'm not sure the research right now really is telling us whether or not that is protective against um, you know, COVID. In the future, we may know, but I think because this virus is so new and novel, we just don't know. Yeah. So. Right. Right. Awesome. Well, this has been amazing. Tell listeners where they can find you and where they can follow you. Yeah, thank you. So on my website, www.cynthiatherlow.com. I am active on Instagram and Twitter, same name. And I do have an intermittent fasting group. It's a free group. It's open to anyone that's on Facebook. It's intermittent fasting lifestyle backslash Cynthia Thurlow. I know super, super original wow. to have that name as a title, but um, definitely we do some great work in there. 
Awesome. Well, thank you guys so much for being with us today. Cynthia, thank you for being with us and stay tuned. We have another episode coming up in just a few. Bye-bye for now. Hey guys, thanks for listening to today's podcast. If you enjoy the podcast, it would mean the world to us for you to leave a review on iTunes to get this podcast out to others that may have the same questions that you do. And as always, if you have a question that you want answered, email those to questions at chantelrayway.com. Thanks again, and we'll see you next time.